Hey, welcome back to episode 190 of the Guardian Project Podcast. I'm still the turn for Supreme Verdict. You don't have the mana for Andy. And I'm Worm Coil Engine, Mike Coil. Please listen carefully. And this is the podcast about Commander. Our favorite Magic the Gathering format, and today is a pretty big day for us. Uh, this is it. This is our final episode. This uh, is it. And um, so we're, we have a lot of fun things to talk about. It's not going to be a somber episode or anything like that. We're going to look back at our history, our past three and a half years, talk about things that uh, we've talked about before. Um, but, you know, from it's like our, it's like this is like the uh, now that's what I call Guardian Project Podcast. Oh, yeah. So it's like best hits, but like. Is it remastered da- saying just by kids but not it was it's kids bob. so it's kids bob. kids bob don't please don't call it kids bob <laughs> everyone's <laughs> turning the episode off right now no one wants to hear that this is not the kids bop of guardian project podcast but it is our last time it we're going to talk about lots of our favorite segments but don't worry if you want to listen to us all of our episodes are still live that's right so there's 189 of them Aside from this one, yeah, this one makes one. So go listen to all those, but let's uh, let's talk about all the things we've talked about before. All right, so we thought that it would be fitting to just cover our favorite segments that we had the most fun chatting about. Mm -hmm. Uh, People were most receptive, or they enjoyed these segments the most. So we're gonna do. All of them, yes, but just very short. Um, this, is a, this is a best hits episode. This is definitely a best hits, and it wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about something that we originally did in episode twenty-seven, mm-hmm. and then again a few other times, which was the naughty or nice list. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of a Christmassy theme segment, and we talked about cards that belong on the naughty or the nice list. And so we're gonna do this with some commanders that we've played over the past few years. So I'm going to start out with one of my commanders, mm-hmm. Vito, Thorn of the Dusk Rose. Haven't played in a very long time. A 1-3 legendary vampire cleric for two and a black. Whenever you gain life, target opponent loses that much life. Pay three black black creatures you control gain life. Like So your your goal is to just gain a bunch of life and then have your opponents lose life. Very um, reminiscent of Sanguine Bond and Exquisite Blood. Yeah. So, you know, you play Exquisite Blood like a... Like you do. This is this is what they call it on a stick when it's a creature, right? This is they sanguine do. bond on a stick. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what do we think of Vito? I think Vito is this Vito as a creature, as a commander, or this is this is as, your as specific commander. Vito? No, decks, no, no. We're gonna or... do this as okay. So these were our commanders. So I think the way that I played Vito, yeah, was the was way you a Vito way. was. I think he was fine. I think I I didn't have any problem. With your veto deck, I don't think. I mean, it's definitely naughty when Exquisite Blood comes out or something. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a two-card combo where one of the cards is in your command zone is inherently at least a little bit naughty. It's a little naughty. I probably played Demonic Tutor in the deck. I didn't look at the deck That's list fair. before this. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Vito on the naughty list. That's fair. I'm putting Vito on the naughty list. All right. So um Jorian Ruin Diver is a deck that I used to have a long time ago, and it's proof. Uh, that I don't know how to build is it decks properly. It's Jorian Ruin Diver uh, for three mana, one blue and a red. You get a two, three. Merfolk Wizard says whenever you cast your second spell each turn, draw a card. Um, so uh, on its face, it's just is it card draw? So it's obviously it's obviously super Jorian nice card. is a super friendly, really not oppressive or long turn. That's right. You know, uh, that, you're not taking commander. tons of game actions every single turn. You're not uh, casting two spells on every single person's turn to make sure you get that one extra card draw every time. Definitely not doing that. Um, definitely on the nice list. Yeah, if we're evaluating Jorian as a creature, I would say Jorian can it's sit fine. right on the nice list. Yeah. If we're evalu- evaluating your Jorian deck. Yeah. I'm going to put that on the naughty list. Yeah. Yeah. Please. We're, yeah. we're you know, we're it done st- with that. It can stay there forever. <laughs> Zedru the Great Hearted. Uh, sometimes I play three color decks. Okay, folks. Uh, a 2 4 legendary Minotaur Monk for one red, white, blue. Mm-hmm. And it says at the beginning of your upkeep, you gain X life and draw X cards, where X is the number of permanents you own that your opponents control. And then you pay Jeskai. So one red, one white, and one blue, and target opponent gains control of target permanent that you control so um the goal of this deck was to give away 
terrible things like thought lash or things that make you just lose a bunch of life or mm -hmm. exile your library or illusions of grandeur is the one that loses life right yeah i think so um i'm giving away it's you know kind of you play harmless offering in here the cat with that like oh, weird yeah. eldrazi tail so you can give things away too but mm -hmm. Donate. Um, you give away i think it's aggressive mining that you like can't play lands or, i don't remember all the things <laughs> you give away mana barbs there's a there's a red enchantment that makes you discard your hand at the end of, end of your turn or there's, something there's like a that. lot i don't remember all the cards yeah. but uh this is the only game deck that we played for like literally a four plus hour game mm -hmm. um zedru i also think is on the naughty list zedru is most definitely on the naughty list naughty okay um roelesque apex hybrid one half of the guardian project logo uh, is the next card on our naughty nice list. Two green, green, blue for a four five human mutant. Although it's a mutant, it's also a human. Cannot be mutated onto. Uh, flying trample. When it enters the battlefield, you get to put two plus one plus one counters on another target creature you control. And when it dies, you get to proliferate and then proliferate again. Um, which was a pretty big deal because around the time that Royalisk was printed, they redid that commander ruling of uh, your commander. When it dies, you can have it go to the command zone and still get your death trigger. So you can still get that proliferate and then proliferate again. So really, I think this might even be like a two-pronged question. Royalisk before all will be one versus Royalisk after all will be one. Did Royalisk become naughty, naughtier at least? No, I think I think Rolesque is still very good. Yeah. And very fine and very fun. Underplayed for sure. I don't I'm I'm Azuri Stalker of Spe uh, Spheres just came out mm -hmm. in All Will Be One. Yep. And I built that as a budget deck that I'm gonna play on some streams coming up. But um aside from Rolesque, Azuri's like the only other Simic super friends, really commander that cares about like I think that's true. Proliferating and, and things. Mm -hmm. Um Honestly, I thought Azuri was from Ravnica, like Roelesque was. Turns <laughs> yeah. out, not from, from Phyrexia this whole time. The I whole guess I time. just assumed it being Simic was Ravnica. But I think Roelesque is fun. We had it on some streams. Mm -hmm. uh, we've done it on a two-headed giant stream. We and did. you played it uh, once it was updated. I think it's cool. I actually just think it's a cool card. Yeah. As a good creature, Flying Trample 4, 5 for 5. That's does things very nice actually that body is uh it's got a nice body and i'm not just talking about his crab claws <laughs> <laughs> all right so um our uh, on episode 38 uh we asked the question are there too many secret layers there's been 152 episodes since then <laughs> Um, for us to evaluate our opinion on this particular, yeah. Little topic. did we know. Honestly, I I don't know which secret layer was coming out, and I'm 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 re envisioning like it's coming back to me. We were at, at producer Ryan's studio. Mm -hmm. We were sitting on the couch, and I I feel like it was like the Thalia, um, probably the four Thalia. It was like the four Thalias, or it was the the secret layer International Women's Day, mm -hmm. which. Wish I would have that one. It. I wish I would have got because those are really cool. The Thalia one, yeah. But now, <laughs> seeing how many secret layers we get, mm -hmm. we're going to ask that question again. Are there too many? Do we like the product? Do we want more or less? And I don't think there's too many. It's mm -hmm. an optional product. Now that secret layer is not producing mechanically unique cards. Yes. I think it's fine. If it was mecha mechanically unique and they weren't going to be reprinted anywhere, we're taking stranger thing or um well stranger things were stranger reprinted things, yeah. it was um the walking dead taking oh, the walking yeah, yeah, dead yeah. out of the equation because that's the only one that didn't that's fair. the only one that didn't that's get fair. reprinted i love it i think they're cool i love foils mm -hmm. um i think the foils are getting better now um the packaging way better those skinny little sleeves and i just opened I think I just recently opened the Welcome to the Fungal one, which is the okay. slime foot one. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was very cool. Inside, it's not like um, it's not like plastic. No, it's like it's like a wax. Paper. It's like a wax paper. Yeah. So um, they'll still never go back to Modern Masters 2015 cardboard packs, though. Yeah, I don't think those were very successful. But I like secret layers. I I really enjoy them. What do you think? <clears throat> although i don't open my secret layers mike just buys them. i do buy them and i like them a lot um i think so i mean from a from a like an investor standpoint it, i think they're very cool to own and to get 
high value foil reprint or foil printings of cards that we haven't had before. I think is is often overlooked. Um, like Felwar Stone, we finally have a foil printing of Felwar Stone with the ball from Warhammer, uh, uh, Orcs football secret lair. I'm Blood Bowl. That's what it's called. Um, but there's a, a, um, a Jet Medallion uh, foil in the in the Post Malone secret lair. So some foils we got that Concordant Crossroads, yeah. but then we just got one right, right after, which reprint. which is yeah. you know that's fine. But I was able to get a really cool like concordant crossroads that has like ghost horses and things right yeah i think the artworks are great i think that the wizard of barge ooze one mm -hmm. it, to this day i think is still probably my favorite secret layer of oh. all of them that have come out mm. that just add milk and well that one's good too and the gal the space galaxy oh, lands okay. one that gave us the infinity galaxy foiling that's fair those three like they just they're really <laughs> good so i think i i don't think there's too many no, no, there's maybe not. in episode 38, it felt like a lot, but that was also, I think the beginning, there was, there was nothing compared to what we have now. Well, I think that was also when just products in general started to come out quicker and quicker. That's so fair. I think that was part of that discussion. That was, you know, I was just thinking it's probably before the first super drop even happened. Um, or maybe it was, maybe that's what we talked. Maybe it was a super drop and that's why we were talking about maybe. it. Maybe, but check it out. Was. Episode 38. Yeah, go back and now let's talk about bannings and unbannings. These, these we talked about as they came out. So I don't have a specific episode to reference, mm -hmm. but we have a couple of years, um, that, you know, we've been recording for. Yeah. So these all happened during the time that our show was uh, airing. So in 2019, in June, Iona Shield of Emeria was banned, and so was Paradox Engine. Iona was banned because she made for unfun games and shut players out of the game because players couldn't cast a spell of certain colors. Mm -hmm. Paradox Engine was banned because the they said it didn't really need to be built around. It was too easy to kind of go infinite or just generate too much value. Yep. And also in 2019, Painter's Servant was unbanned because it provided deck builders with some more paths to explore creativity. It really was no longer considered dangerous. Yeah. Uh, in 2020, uh, in April, Lutri, the spell chaser, was banned. Dead face. Yeah, this is our companion. Is it companion? Um, they said that it didn't have an opportunity cost to build around it. So you just got like 101 cards if you were playing an is it? A non-persistent non petitioner deck. Yeah. <laughs> and then Flash was also banned because it warped the competitive meta, forcing people to play around Protean Hulk because yep. there was really no competition. And then 2021, um, just last year, we had Hull Breacher banned in July because they said it was backbreaking, it was punishing, it warped games, it was unfun. In September, Golos, Tireless Pilgrim, mm -hmm. was banned because they said it was over-centralized in casual spheres. It was considered like a best of five color commander. Sure. And uh, when Golos entered and you got to do that ramp, it, it effectively reduced its commander tax by one. Yeah, right. Definitely. So you know, they it's said, true. sorry, you got to go. And at the same time, Worldfire was unbanned. They said it was no longer problematic and they expect to see eight and nine mana spell show up in Commander. And they originally had a problem with people floating mana sure. and then casting Worldfire and then being able to like play something down. And they said, but not anymore. So in our time, you know, recording, there were five bannings, two unbannings. And honestly, there isn't really a lot that I would change or argue at this point. Um, I think the format's pretty healthy and there's so many new commanders coming out. I find it very difficult to to be, do their job. Yeah. At this I point, the too. only thing that still seems to be talked about is Dockside Extortionist, which they've, they've discussed. Well, that's true. And they said, right now, we're not seeing it. We're keeping an eye on it. You're on thin ice. Wait, so people, people aren't talking about Dranith Magistrate anymore? Well, I don't think that that was... It hasn't I, gone away, right? I don't think it's gone away, okay. but it's not legendary, so it's not like it can That's be fair. a commander. Because there, there was also talk about the the, the new Elish Norn being what unfine. What and, isn't broken? Right? Seriously, I mean, I mean, what every single? No, I'm just kidding. If it's not printed on a creature, you can remove it. That's my argument, right? Yeah. No, if it's a permanent, you can remove it. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so in episode seven, which was before. It I was, was before it predated you. Yes. Uh, 13 episodes before I joined the podcast. Uh, you and Brian played a game called Would You Rather, where I do specifically remember one of the questions being um, uh, playing with an unsleeved deck or playing with a sleeve deck that a, a drink got spilled on. Or yeah, that like was. That. Yeah. You, and now you own an unsleeved deck. And now I have an unsleeved deck <laughs> and I want to spill a drink on it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We don't want to spill things on 
our commander no. cards, even like this last week when my cat puked in my rare box, mm-hmm. um, but only on green cards. Only on the greens. And it was only about like 20, 25 cards. Mm-hmm. And um, when I had told people on our Discord and on Twitter, they were like, okay, Barnabas has clearly made it. Is his do you know he's made his opinions known on green? Yeah, and we're all okay with this. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Green makes him sick. People at Discord said no loss there. <laughs> um, okay, so a would you rather? Um, I I developed this first would you rather as an ultimate test for you, Andy. I tried to pick two things that you didn't like to see which one you would pick over the other. So would you rather build a deck with a companion? Or build a suboptimal casual Voltron deck. Okay. My question is, how's the how's the rule zero chat? Not pregame, rule zero chat working here. Do I get to... Just normal rule zero chat, sure. So I get to do what I want. You're going to just say yes to my rule zero? Okay, are you lying in no, your rule zero? Okay. but I do get to play with Lutri or I don't get to play with Lutri. Oh, I mean, I guess it's up to your pod. Okay, and in this pod for the question I'm answering okay. right now you're, says you can only so so you what you're saying is <laughs> let's assume normal ban list. Okay, all right. Then I still think I'm probably going to go with a companion. Okay. Over Voltron. Mm-hmm. Especially sub-optimal <laughs> because like I already, even if it was fully <laughs> optimal and yeah. did what it's supposed, I've done that. Mm-hmm. I've done that twice. I have taken light paws yeah. uh, to the trash. Not yeah. the trash, but basically well, to the trash. Yeah, you got to take it apart. It still lives, I think, in my Moxfield yeah. <laughs> profile. But, but, but like, well, it's really... I try to not remember it. For, for this analogy, we'll assume your commander doesn't draw you cards or search your... Doesn't give you card advantage when casting an aura or an equipment. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, even if it did, I'm still going with (laughs) Companion because I just, I'm too empathetic of a player, I'll be honest. And I don't like having to swing at the one open person. Mm -hmm. And then they use 100% of their resources to shut you down. Mm -hmm. And if they can remove your commander, which hopefully they can't if you're playing Voltron, then it just, then you sit there and participate in a game where you do nothing. Sure. And that's how every Voltron game goes for me. Yeah. Uh, except the one time I played Light Pause on stream. But as soon as we ended, what you didn't all hear was that I I actually apologized. <laughs> and true. I didn't even do anything wrong. I you just, just felt, the deck the I just felt really bad with how it played. So I'm going to go with Companion. I don't know which one, but specifically because the restrictions in all of them are not that terrible. But if I picked one, I might play Gigantha. Okay, yeah. Gigantha. That's the most popular companion according to your statistics. Yeah, according to what I played against, Gigantha. But I also, Gyrude is kind of cool, but I think I'd get bored with like the clone mill thing. Sure. Otrimi's cool. Um, Otrimi. Or not Otrimi. Um, Umori. Umori. Umori's kind of cool. Um, An Umori Grist deck, Planeswalkers. That'd yeah, be kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Here's my would you rather. Yes. Would you rather play a deck that can only win through combos mm-hmm. or play a deck that can only win through combat? Assuming you are, you know, we talk about making sure the table has fun, you have fun, mm-hmm. you don't get bored. Mm-hmm. I thought this was an interesting question because we've talked about mm, my deck only wins when I tutor these two things and it kind of, you know, it's a feel bad or it gets boring because I don't do Like that was my Rona Disciple of sure. Gift deck. I was like, oh, this is not that fun. But only winning through combat where you don't have any combos. You know, we like combos. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure which route you would go, but you can only win. There is no accidentally I found a combo. It is you win through combo or you win through combat here. Um, I mean, I could definitely say, and I think you can too, that we have decks that are on both sides of the aisle here that can only win through. Well, maybe not. Maybe I don't have a deck that can like literally only win through combo, but... There's a lot of decks where I don't want to swing. I think I'm in the... Uh, Your Mono White Planeswalker deck, did that have Approach of the Second Sun, or did that only it, win through combat? It did have Approach of the Second Sun. Okay. Yes, but it mostly won through combat. I agree. Understood. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just trying to think uh, of your in, deck in that fact, can only win through combat. In fact, commander damage in that deck is very strong. Dejure's got Vigilance. Morophon Humans? Is there a combo? <clears throat> there's not. I mean, there's the Morophon with uh, OG Joda that makes it so I can cast humans for free, but there's no 
combo that's like draining or sacrificing that one's combat so that only. one just wins through combat but like like my shiray deck or whatever one through sacrificing everything to an astronaut's altar and casting all my mono black decks are winning from combat some, sort some of, trigger yeah that's happening yeah i think i'm gonna go with combo i think that's that's what i would like if i had to only build one for the rest of my life kind of deal combo I all think right it would be. what about you I think I'm going with combo. Yeah, I think so. Too. Yeah, I'm going with combo. <laughs> All right, let's shift gears here and talk about some Commander Spellbook combos. We yeah. love Commander Spellbook. And back in episode 145, we got to interview Lapper, who's the product manager for Commander Spellbook. We just love their combos. And it wouldn't be a final episode if we didn't talk about a couple of combos. So I want to talk about one that I didn't get to talk about because we weren't doing Commander Spellbook combos when this card was yeah, like kind of something that was new and popular. It's true. And that's a combo that deals with Slimefoot the Stowaway. I love Slimefoot. Mm -hmm. I am putting my Slimefoot deck back together. Um, I'm and this my is Slimefoot down. I'm putting my Slimefoot <laughs> down. Uh, and it's Slimefoot, Astronaut's Altar, and Parallel Lives. So Slimefoot's a 2-3 fungus for one black and a green. Uh, whenever a sapperling you control dies, it deals uh, Slimefoot deals a damage to each opponent, and you gain a life. So that's really strong. Mm -hmm. And you can pay four colorless and make a sapperling. Astronaut's Altar, we've talked about a million times. Three mana artifact, sack a creature, you get two colorless. And then finally, Parallel Lives for four mana and enchantment. If an effect would put one or more tokens onto the battlefield, it puts twice that many onto the battlefield. So all you need to do have is have all three of these on the battlefield mm -hmm. and then four mana um, to make one sapperling. It makes two sapperlings. Mm -hmm. You sacrifice both of those to Ashnod's altar. You're going to get four mana. And Slimefoot's going to trigger and deal two damage to each opponent. You're going to gain two life. And then that four mana that you just made, you make another sapperling, rinse and repeat. So it just Beautiful it thing. ends the game. It's easy and... The two cards work spectacularly in Slimefoot. Like, even if you weren't thinking about adding this combo, mm -hmm. you might naturally stumble upon these cards anyway That's for true. someone who's not looking for combos or, um, you know, not not looking to abuse Slimefoot. Well, but I love even this. Even if you are. Even, yes. <laughs> but I, um, I just love this. And you can switch parallel lives out for any of the token doublers yeah. that are mono green. You can switch Ashnod's altar out for other cards, but you may need some additional pieces, but getting two mana is pretty great. So I love this combo. Yeah. And, and Ashnod's altar getting reprinted in brother's war, um, in the schematic version made it a little bit cheaper which is nice parallel lives still gonna run you over 40 it's still but, like 40 <laughs> uh, but the rest of the combo is extremely affordable. yeah this combo itself is 51 dollars yes. on tcg player and i'm pretty sure Slimefoot is like 20 cents of it <laughs> yes um so let me give you a two dollar combo that we didn't talk about from the release of afr um, but we did uh, talk about some other ways that this creature uh, can combo. And that is with Asmodeus the Arcfiend, four black, black, devil god, six, six. It says if you would draw a card, exile the top card of your library face down instead. But that doesn't matter because we don't want him on the battlefield. We want him in the graveyard because it has two activated abilities of black, black, black to draw seven cards and a mono black uh, and a single black to return all cards exiled with Asm Asmodeus the Arcfiend to their owner's hand and you lose that much life. But really, I guess it's just a three black draw seven cards that we care about because we're going to have necrotic ooze, a four mana ooze that has all activated abilities of cards in your graveyard and scourge familiar, a three two flyer for four and a black that allows you to discard a card to add black. Um, so in order to start this, you need Asmodeus in the graveyard and um, you can either have Scourge Familiar on the battlefield or you can actually have it in the graveyard as well because Necrotic Ooze will be able to use Scourge Familiar's activated ability right. when it's in the graveyard. Um, so you need three black to start it uh, in order or you need to discard three cards in order to produce three black using the Scourge Familiar ability in order to start the combo. But for three black, you get to draw seven cards. Then you can discard three of those seven cards for three more black with Scourge Familiar's ability to draw another seven this cards. This is gross, and, and I love it. Yeah, so it's in mono black. Um, you could technically do it with Asmodeus as your commander, but you would need a way to put it into your graveyard to make this combo work. Um, but it's in mono black. You could do it all in, in your deck, and hopefully one of your combo pieces is in the command zone. Yeah, this is this is a lot. There's a lot involved, but this Who's, is one of those plays where you go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm happy to see this. Because you yeah. do have to use resources, right? You are. It's only yeah. near infinite black mana because you do have to discard your library. Yeah, so Unless you have something that's going to discard and shuffle things that's in. That's true. Like an, yeah, you'll like need an OG Eldrazi. Eldrazi. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm then, into those. Then you can go infinite or 
just get something a psycho a psychosis crawler on the battlefield and then every time you draw seven your opponents take seven yeah something 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 like that you know it's it's fine but before we move on to our next segment we do actually have an update on commander spellbook they just released just in the last couple of days here, an announcement on their new feature, Find My Combos. Yeah. So you can copy your deck list into their site and it'll tell you all the combos that you have in your deck. Obviously, that are on the site. Not mm-hmm. every combo is on the site. Please go to their Discord and submit combos that you know you have in your decks if you don't see them on their site. And it will tell you the combos you have already. It'll say you have this in your deck. Mm-hmm. And it'll also tell you these cards combo with cards you have in your deck and fit your commander's colors or well, they don't, I guess you don't log your commander, but it, it tells you which cards would combo with it. Right. So I plugged in my Jirago Guard Lich Lord deck and I have submitted all my combos that I knew to their Discord. For, so I, I saw that. That's fair. But it was nice to see that it suggests some other cards that work with cards in my deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't want to run all of them because they didn't really fit my... I, I imagine... Throw it in the graveyard. Phyrexian Devourer or whatever probably has like... 100 wall of blood has i feel yeah. like wall of blood had a couple there <laughs> yeah. um so it's really cool if you're looking to add combos you can do that if you're actually looking to cut combos mm. you can do that too because you can put your whole deck in and it goes okay. you have three these three combos if you say i want no combos yeah in this deck, that's fair you can remove a card or two that's fair because it'll identify obviously it's only the ones on their site though mm-hmm. but i think it's a really cool feature for folks that are looking for a way to f- I guess to find something that can end the game if their deck has been very unsuccessful or they're like, I want to be able to try to do something with this. But if Mm -hmm. combo's not your jam, you can use it for that too. It's pretty cool. Okay, so in episode 154, we asked the question, when did that happen? Uh, And we talked about some cards that became expensive um, without us really knowing that it did. Um, So I'll I'll pose the question of uh, what the heck happened to Pongify? Uh, Pongify is a one blue mana instant. This is destroy target creature. It can't be regenerated and its controller creates a three, three green ape creature token. Um, and for the longest time, this card was under a dollar all the way until Amon Ket's release. And I think that's, I mean, that's when I started playing, um, magic. And I think the popularity of the commander format and magic itself started becoming really, really, really big. Not that it wasn't big before. Um, but I think there's a lot of natural growth in a lot of cards that don't get a lot of reprints um, that happened around the Amonkhet and Ixalan release. Um, but this card is now almost $5. I mean, this card's been reprinted um, one time uh, in Double Masters back in 2019. Um and it was reaching just over $6 at the time there. Uh, we have rapid hybridization, which is basically doing the same thing, except creating a green frog lizard instead of a green ape. Um, and that one is also starting to pick up steam going up to almost $3. But um, I never expected this card, which I probably opened a bunch of it in Double Masters or um, just bought a bunch of for, you know, a dollar. I didn't realize it was $5. And I, I will expensive. naturally gra- like gravitate towards removal in a deck that has blue. It doesn't always have to be balanced. This one is, in fact, destroyed. Yeah. Um, $5 is when it starts to get to the $5, $10 range is when mm-hmm. you're like, do I actually need this card? One for mana this removal, deck? though. It's pretty nice. It is one mana. It's destroy, though, not exile. So yeah, I didn't a, realize that path, card was I didn't realize that card was getting so expensive. Mm-hmm. Another card that made me say, oh, when did that happen? Is Thornbite Staff. Mm. <clears throat> so this is it's got a single printing, but it is a tribal artifact shaman equipment. It is a two mana artifact that has equipped creature has pay two and tap it. This creature deals one damage to target creature or player. And whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from play, you untap this creature. And whenever a shaman comes into play, you may attach this to it and it has equipped for force. You can, you can cheat it onto your shamans. Mm-hmm. The card right now is $18. Yeah. It's an uncommon, but single printing and it looks like this card was like 50 cents. Mm-hmm. I mean, from like 2013 to like 2018. And then just slowly, all of a sudden, it just kind of went up a lot of a lot of command or creature creature themed decks became very popular. We've even talked about shamans like which has nothing to do with i guess i mean the popularity of this does not care about shamans. no it doesn't and we've talked about shamans which i thought was interesting just mm-hmm. conveniently but um it it looks like honestly in 2020 it went up and then it kind of shot up again and, and then it just it, it flew from from nine dollars to to nearly 20 i mean it's 18 dollars right now um 
yeah. in 2022 and 2023. Yeah, Atla Polani was the only uh, creature. I had to look it up to make sure it was a shaman that I would think would even care about Thornbite staff caring about shamans. But I remember when Ayara, first of Lockthwain, came out this card. Any, any mono black um, sacrifice outlet type of deck um, where you have to tap the creature to sacrifice the creature combos perfectly with it I, I i bought mine for my ayara deck uh, which is why i own one i cool. don't i don't have a copy of this card but mm -hmm. i do want to say this kind of ties into some questions that people have been having this is a tribal card sure and um attracts a grand unifier that came out and all will be one mm -hmm. has some reminder text because you get to reveal the top 10 cards of your library and it says for each card type you may put a card of that type from among them revealed into your hand it does not include tribal but right. it includes the word battle and right. so there's been some discussion so on whether not a subtype then. It, it was it was chatting about whether or not it was a card type anymore right. and if battle was replacing tribal or if it's new and on blogatog this was asked and mark rosewater confirmed that tribal is still a card type but it's last year there were some articles it's just not going to really be used anymore but sure. it is still in fact a card type and that reminder text is not rules text so attracts a grand unifier can in fact grab tribal cards okay in that flip it just doesn't physically say it but it is still in fact a okay. card type nice which i thought was really no that's awesome really know. interesting so attracts a grand unifier uh even folks, better than it was even better it's now you hard, can grab more so let's go back to episode eight another Another OG. Yes. We did an episode on unnecessary flavor ships. So this was our version of unnecessary censorship. And we talked about some cards that, you know, when you really censor them, I can't I can't believe that Wizards actually printed these. I can't believe that. With this flavor text. Either. It's this just it's crazy. It's uncalled for. It's un it's unacceptable. Yeah. So fodder cannon is a four mana artifact. It has pay four, tap at sack a creature to deal four damage to target creature. But this flavor text. You guys, this is this is really bad. Mm -hmm. Step one, f your cousin. Step two, f your cousin in the cannon. Step three, f another cousin. My God, can you believe I can't that they believe. printed this? How did this get past Who any wrote quality this? checks? I would like to speak to the manager. Yeah, and this is from Eighth Edition. I mean, Urza's Destiny. It's this also on the list. They put it back. In the rotation. Oh my god! Same flavor text. They didn't even change it. They changed the artwork and not the flavor text. How irresponsible. It looks like we went to the OG Urza's Destiny art. So can you, I just, fodder cannon folks, couldn't believe it. Wow. Well, um, I mean, even even more recently, in, in the most recent set, actually, Frexia All Will Be One, it's still flavor text like this is getting by. Soulless Jailer. Two generic mana Frexian Golem, zero four. It says permanent cards from graveyards can't enter the battlefield and players can't cast non-creature spells from graveyards or exile. If you didn't hate this already because it was shutting down your graveyard, you'll hate it even more because of its flavor text. Lock the door and eat the... Wow. It's disgusting. Wow. Ran Executioner Thane said that out loud. Yeah. it's That's who said this flavor text. Uh... Someone needs to speak to... I don't even know what this to, has to do with to Soulless Vran. Jailer, quite honestly. <laughs> I have no clue why Vran just wants to say these awful, awful things. It's it's crazy. I can't believe it, folks. Listen, this is... This is this is a game that we play. This is a family game. This is, no, it's for. It's a family company. Johnson plus, and Johnson, a family company. <laughs> a family company. Family company. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do think you, I think the cards say 13 plus. Hey, I don't know. It's for families as long as you're at least 13 years old. Yeah. Other, I mean, <laughs> I think it's on this side of your box. Quill's looking currently at a box. 13 plus. 13 plus. It doesn't actually say years old, though. So I just assume there's at least 13 13 plus box. days. 13, at least 13 days. 13, 13 days. <laughs> All right. Um, so we have talked about our stats, uh, for the past, you know, few years, keeping together all of our spreadsheets and stuff. And we wanted to take a look at some of the, um, more interesting stats, uh, maybe something a little bit more fun, something we don't normally talk on our stats episode and we had to do a little bit of digging. Um, but I found a pretty interesting one. 
I looked at the games where I was eliminated first, which was 45 of my games, which is a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> and in 13 of those games, I found out that Andy Flory won. And that's not like a large percentage or anything. Um, Andy and I play a lot of games together. So him having 13 game wins where I got eliminated first doesn't actually like that's not too telling or anything. But when I broke it down a little bit further, I found out that 10 of those 13 games were when Andy went right before me. And I can only assume that Andy whispered into my ear, I can't let you untap before killing me all 10 of those times. But you won those 10 times. I didn't I didn't look up to see if you were the one that eliminated me. But when I got eliminated first and you go before me, I think you have a pretty darn good win percentage. <laughs> <laughs> and I do it again. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. There, the number of times, though, where I see the writing on the wall and I go, OK, if yeah. Mike untaps and removes even one thing of mine, I might be out. For so. sure. And when it's on stream, everybody likes to take out the hosts, but I like to help them. It's true. So if I take out Mike, we're all the winners. <laughs> <laughs> OK. So I looked at my 2022 stats and we didn't really talk about the themes that we played against too much oh, okay. in, in those episodes. And so the first thing I found was that the theme that I played against the most, obviously this is um, freeform text. Mm -hmm. And I had to kind of make a decision because not everybody will tell you their exact theme. Sure. Sometimes, sometimes they give you like an overarching theme and you're mm -hmm. like this, it's a generic theme, but it was tokens. Yeah. So token decks are what I played against the most. Um, but I will say... It was 25 times. Um, okay. I'm 35 times. I played against tokens 35 times. But I want to talk about the funniest theme that I logged okay. for the year. Okay. Which somebody said was their 69 nice. Mardu Legends deck. <laughs> so it was a Kedis and Yoshi Maru deck. Okay. And it specifically had 69 legendaries in it. Mm -hmm. Which is very nice. Now that's... Well, that's not... If it's Kedis... And Yoshi Maru. That's it's Boros. Boros. Okay. What did I say? Mardu. No. It says Mardu even Boros. on the notes right there. It's here. Boros. Okay, just making sure. It's Boros. Yeah. So 69 Boros okay. Legendaries okay. was very funny. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Do you, and uh that's uh there's a lot of those legendary decks out there, mix and match, except not 69, right? It's just a pile of 40 or something yeah this like one that. isn't a um this one is they're all just in the deck this okay. is not a uh, modular deck where they're shuffling 69 of them in it mm -hmm. is the deck but if they are going to add a new legendary they gotta take an old one out that's to keep fair it at, to keep it at 69 because it has to be that nice it's very fun um episode 122 we talked about commanders we don't really see played anymore mm -hmm. and there's a couple on here so i looked back at my 2022 tracking sheet again and I looked at my 2021 sheet mm -hmm. because it didn't show up even one time in 2022. And it showed up a single time in 2021 okay. on a stream. Mm -hmm. And that's Hapatra, Vizier of Poisons. Wow. Hapatra is a 2-2 human cleric for green and black. And has, um, when she deals damage to a player, you may put a minus one, minus one counter on a creature. And whenever you put a minus one, minus one counter on a creature, you make a 1-1 one, one green snake with death touch. I had this deck. And I took mine apart at the end of 2020. Mm -hmm. I had played it for a couple of years. Um, I just wanted to try something new. I actually sure. think that Hapatra turned into Slimefoot, not going to lie. Oh, that makes sense. I, I think that a lot of the cards were needed and they overlapped. And I said, we're going to just do this instead. And Hapatra has not been put back together in a long time. But I expected, like, this is one I haven't even thought about. But I think the reason why I hadn't thought about the fact that I haven't seen it forever is because I played it so much. Mm -hmm. I'm just... I know what the deck is. I know what you're going to see in the deck, like like some of the staples, like yep. the, the more popular cards. I just, I kind of know Nest of Scarabs and Blowfly Infestation and Obelisk Spider, even Generous Patron. So there's a lot of cards and I didn't realize I've only played against it one time in over two years now. Mm -hmm. One I time. I mean, I remember this, this commander being extremely popular when it first came out, but when it first came out, there was slim pickings when it came to legendary it was, creatures. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was a compared lot less to compared now, to what we have sure. now. Cause this came out in Amonkhet. So yeah. there were, there was a lot less options, but, but ton of, ton of support and all will be one with all that proliferate triggering and all that kind of stuff. And maybe we'll see more of it. Yeah. Maybe um, I should just, I'll throw a patch together. Just, again. just throw it. Okay. Throw back. We're going to do all our old commanders yeah. and disassemble all our current ones. Deal. 
deal. She is back on the menu. Okay. So I also uh, went back and looked at my tracking document, but I went back to my 2021 and I saw a commander within the first three games um, that I haven't seen since. And uh, it had, a, from what I remember, a lot of hype. And that's Gen Arcanum Weaver. This is Mardu, red, white, and black for a human wizard 2-3, where you can pay Mardu, red, white, and black, and tap it to sacrifice an enchantment and return target enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So this was really big on um, cheating out like giant curses, like overwhelming spend, splendor and cruel reality, which can cost like nine, eight and nine mana each um, to just cheat them out by sacrificing a one mana enchantment or something uh, on turn three. Um, we, we played against it, I think one time on stream. I don't know if I ever played it in a non streamed format, non streamed game. And, um, to be fair, there hasn't been a ton of Mardu enchantment support since it got printed and no real reason to just keep building it. It's so. been a long time. I haven't seen it. I, I don't think I've seen it in at least a year no. or more. So I'm sure one day there'll be an enchantment that gets printed that when it enters, it untaps a creature and gives you a free Mardu amount of mana or something. And again, it'll be good again and we'll see it. But yeah, till then, haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about the commander map back in episode 161, um, and the commander map was made by Lucky Paper Radio, uh, and this is a way to see in a more visual sense um, what commander decks and trends look like. Uh, and we took a look at our uh, our signature decks here. Um, and for me, my signature deck would be Shirei Shizo's Caretaker, which is coming back together, by the way. Um, so there's 2,746 decks represented on this map. And there are uh, two main islands, one small island on the left side of the map and one large island on the right side of the map. The left side of the map, we have a very small concentrated island of Shadowborn Apostle decks because Shirei... Um, does care about creatures with power one or less that sacrifice themselves and Shadowborn Apostles do that uh, six six at a time. Um, so there are a lot of Shadowborn Apostle decks. I used to have a Shadowborn Apostle deck for Shirei. Honestly, I didn't really like it very much. I thought it was boring. I think a lot of people who have Shadowborn Apostle decks probably feel that same um, feeling about Shadowborn Apostle decks. But on the right side is a, is a much more uh, vast um, differences in your Shirei decks, uh, mostly based on budget. Uh, as little as a $4 total budget for a Shirei deck, I found um, going all the way up to decks that can cost over $600, which really puts into perspective what kind of Shirei player I am, yeah. which is close to that $600 version. But um, it was just cool to see um, that. And, and there was also a small aisle is what I'll call it. I think that's An the aisle. correct. Is it just geogra- like a long row? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, at the at the north side of the right island, um, that when I looked at it, looked like it was all popper decks. So all commons uh, were the nice. cards that were shared between it. And Shirei being an uncommon printed in Ultimate Masters became a very popular popper commander. Nice. Well, it wouldn't be wouldn't be the last episode if I didn't talk about Noyandar Royal Shaper one more time. Mm-hmm. My Merfolk ally, which has 1,078 decks represented on the map. Um, there's a small island, which appears to be the most common version of Noyandar. Obviously, it's not a wildly popular commander, mm-hmm. which is just like generic Azorius. Okay. Um, just it. it the lands, you run lands and you run spells and it just works for Noyandar. That's, that's you, know, you don't have to do a whole lot <laughs> there. Um, and then there's another grouping of Noyandar decks, which is really the other kind of more dense grouping, which is <laughs> Noyandar with Grand Arbiter, Lavinia, Guafa Hazid <laughs> decks. And they're also really, really expensive. Yeah, so okay. I have to infer that those are the like super expensive control decks or maybe someone's foiling out decks. I mean, that could be too. I'm not sure I don't if foil multiplier is tracked in there or not, but they are definitely running a lot of very expensive cards yeah. and expensive ramp. And, you know, you got your fierce guardianships and stuff in there. So you, you just got a lot of expensive spells. Um, I do think that there there's some really fun ones out there that I that I found. There was one lone Noyandar deck amongst the Mizics of the Ismangus decks with a spell copying theme. Okay. So that was cool. There is an Azorius Flash version and all the commanders that were surrounding it, which I think this is wild, is Garth, One-Eye, and Kenrith. Okay. So it's running a lot of those. And I looked at the deck because it was a single deck out there mm-hmm. and it has 33 lands. 13 sorceries and 53 instants. Okay. So it has zero creatures sure, other than the commander sure. and the budget, Mike, was $5. You can make it work. Like, 
I want to go because you can just copy the list, right? Right there. Yeah. I want to build it and yeah. just see what it does. We'll put it against my four dollar She Ray deck list. Five dollar Noyandar, four four dollar <laughs> She Ray. We'll see how they work out. And then finally, there were two Merfolk decks. Now, okay, that makes Noyandar is a Merfolk ally. It does nothing ally related except, at all. Except it enters as an ally and triggers all of your other allies. Yeah. If if I don't think Noyandar hits the ally <laughs> deck, like that's not the ally you want to add. But um, it was fun seeing what what folks have out there. Now we talked about FOMO in relation to cards that spike in price when new commanders come out or cards that work with old commanders come out back in episode 135. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some things that have gone up in price. My first one here is Zirulin of the Claw. And this is a reserve list legendary dragon for three red red. You can pay one red red, so three mana total, tap it, search your library for a dragon and just put it into play. Mm -hmm. Um, Shuffle your library afterwards and that creature has haste. Um, and it says remove the creature from the game at end of any turn. So what I, I'm sure it's now errated to at the end of whatever turn, turn it came in. Turn, yeah. um, so this card, um, it's $15 now. So it's not like it's cheap. Sure. But, it's reserveless. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. But when Miriam uh, Sentinel Worm was released last year, this card shot up to $38 with Dragon Hype. But dragons are the most popular creature type. I mean, it's very popular. Definitely. Um, so if folks had just waited a couple months, mm-hmm. they could have gotten it for 15. Again. I mean, you would have saved 23 bucks just by waiting here mm-hmm. instead and, and you know, spending 15 um, instead of 38, but it was also at four, $4, honestly, yeah. until like call time. And then modern horizons too. Yep. Yep. Um, or that might be one, but either way until 2021, it was about $4 and it shot way up with Miriam. It's coming back down, but I don't know if it's ever going to get to four again. So folks just wait, just a little bit. Just wait a little bit. I mean, your, your dragon combo probably is going to combo with a couple other things. Um, but one card that, uh, uh, hopefully you already bought it. And if you haven't, I honestly would recommend waiting a little bit is Captain Sisse. Originally printed in uh, in Legends, um, Captain Sisse, and it's only had one reprinting, unfortunately, and that is in a secret layer. Captain Sisse for two, a green and a white. It's a two-two legendary human. This says, search your library, tap it, search your library for a legend or legendary card. Reveal that card and put it into your hand. Then shuffle your library. So it's a legendary creature tutor effect, uh, repeatable every single turn. Um, and you can probably imagine that you see some pretty good price spikes every time a set gets released that has a lot of legendary creatures. Um, the original price spike being around the release of uh, Amonkhet and Ixalan that we already talked about a little bit, uh, being uh, you know when when Commander and Magic was gaining a lot of initial popularity um, and having no reprints for Captain Sisse, it makes sense that the the price would would go up. Came right back down. M25 came out. We got some reprintings of a few legendary creatures. Captain Sisse way back up, um, up to about $40, in fact, and then back down. And it sat for $15 um, until the release of Dominaria and then Dominaria United. Uh, And with the release of Dominaria United, Captain Sisse ended up going up to $32 market price um, if you were trying to buy it off of TCG Player. It's currently sitting um, uh, at $35, um, but if you were looking at average prices of listings, it has gone down about $15 since it spiked from Dominaria United, and I expect to see it come down more. And this is not reserve list. This can easily be reprinted in a capacity bigger than Secret Lair, and definitely we'll see the price come right back down. Nice. Um, so we have uh, an episode 61. We talked about kill on site commanders. And we're going to talk about two more commanders that are kill on site. Um, this one is Adrix and Nev twin casters for me. And this one is a, a, a commander that's kind of hard to kill on site. For four mana, two, a green and a blue, you get a 2 2 merfolk wizard that has ward two. So if any spell uh, targets it from an opponent, it gets countered unless you pay two generic mana. This is if one or more tokens would be created under your control, twice that many of those tokens are created instead. So it's a token doubler that sits in your command zone and. Um, it needs to be removed. I mean, if someone has a parallel lives or a doubling season out there, no one is second guessing, hey, that needs to be the permanent we remove first. But when it's Adrix and Nev, people see it as a commander. They go, oh, well, if we remove it, it's just going to get recast or it's going to get countered if we uh, just 
um, try to remove it and it's not worth spending the two extra mana and um, you need people need to rethink that. They, yeah. You got to remove that. You got to remove it. Another one that I think needs to be removed is Fabine Boss's Confidant. So that's a three six cat advisor for three red, green, white. Uh, she says creature tokens you control have haste and then also parlay. So at the beginning of each combat, each player reveals a top card of the library for each land. The Fabine player gets a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen, and then they get a plus one, plus one for all their creatures for each non-land card revealed that way. Then each player draws that card. Honestly, this, this card's great. I think it's a, a super fun design. It is one of the more interesting Naya decks that I've played against in recent Very memory. Um, we've played against it in the Discord when we're traveling on um, streams, and every time... It's like the Fabian player just has like two or three creatures and that's fine. And then like all of a sudden it's like, actually I get three and more and now I have like anthems and I have spells in my hand mm -hmm. and heroic intervention. Shared animosity and coat of arms. It's crazy. So I do think that Fabian is on that list for me. I truly think about Fabian and I go, you know what? You just have to remove Fabian because mm -hmm. the deck will still function just fine. Yeah, it will. It's like it's still Naya creatures and tokens. It's it's still great. So um, Fabian. You gotta go. Gotta go. Um, in episode 143, we ranked all one mana value commanders. And very recently, we got a brand new one mana value commander, and that is Skrelv Defector Might. And we're gonna list them um, and, and we're gonna and we're gonna put them on our list. So Skrelv Defector Might for one white mana. You get a legendary artifact creature, Phyrexian Might 1-1 one, one with toxic ones. When it deals damage, you get to put one poison counter on that opponent. Um, it cannot block and has an activated ability of pay one Phyrexian white and tap it. Choose a color. Another target creature you control gains toxic one and hexproof from that color until end of turn. It can't be blocked by creatures of that color this turn. So yes. that's Skrelv. So let's let's do a quick a quick reminder, right? So at the time we recorded, there were there were twelve creatures. Now there's thirteen. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna skip where we think Skrelv goes, but uh, last. Last place to first place, we had Isamaru, Hound of Kanda, Zergo Bellstriker, Micaeus the Lunark, Kithian, Hero of Akros, Yoshimaru, Ever Faithful, Hope of Girapur, Norn the Wary, Ovaya Pashiri, Zabaz the Glimmer Wasp, Valentine, Dean of the Vein, Ragavan, Nimble Pilfer, and then Reese the Redeemed was the top commander there. So mm -hmm. we want to throw Skrelv into this list. Yes. And I think we came to the decision that it was pretty solid to put Skrelv at number five between Ovaya and Zabaz. Yes. Um, Ovaya, we mentioned on on that show, has two activated abilities. It's unique that it's like mono green artifacts, but also tokens are going to just continue to get support. As we know. As as we know. Um, I think Skrelv should just go right above that and under Zabaz and Valentine. Yeah, because they have two colors, uh, Boros with Zabaz, Valentine's in Golgari. So it opens up your options for deck building. And I think deck building is what puts it. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's not as complex, but it does have the, you know, Phyrexian to make something yeah. unblockable or not unblockable, strong. but I guess hexproof and pro a color, which can be unblockable against certain decks. Mm -hmm. And also mono white toxic. I'm yeah. Like, Infect on turn two. I'm start proliferating. I'm kind of into it. So I think that's I think that's where Skrelv goes. Um, every Halloween. We talk about candy. Yes. And we, we got to talk about candy at least one more time. Yes. So we're going to talk about the Everbar by Double Waves LLC. Okay. It's a dark chocolate covered wafer candy. Mm -hmm. Um, and here's their description on their website. So it says, it has happened to the best of us. We're in the middle of a busy day. We start to get hungry, maybe even tired with no time to sit down for a meal in sight. We just have to go get a snack or we need something that's light and crispy to indulge in. Uh, they've made the Everbar so you can keep your energy up, crispy wafers for a light snack without feeling heavy, and premium dark chocolate for fuel and satisfaction. Nothing complicated, nothing inflated, just a simple indulgent pick-me-up to carry you throughout your day. So one, I actually don't think a candy bar is a quick pick-me-up. No, it's not. I don't. I, this I'm marketing's insane. This. It's hilarious. This marketing is insane. They also market that it's non-GMO, 180 calories, and their site says that you give it to somebody whenever you want to motivate someone you love <laughs> yeah. what that way that way, that way someone this? can hand it to me and say go mow the lawn <laughs> yeah exactly i'll 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 give you an ever bar if you go mow yeah, the this lawn. will motivate you i'm bribing you with chocolate to do something i want you to do i will say it was delicious yeah it was good. it was very good it was not overly sweet nope. but it definitely tasted like Dark chocolate. It was dark, a dark chocolate wafer candy bar. I'd probably eat it again. I would eat it again. What what commander do you think this is? What would you, you know, eat again? What are you doing here? I'm thinking mine might be like a 
so it's I can't say like Marin of Clan Neltoth because I do I do Oh Marin's better like, than this candy bar. Marin's oh in my opinion. Uh oh Marin's Marin's better than the candy Marin, bar. Marin's like I mean one of my OG reanimator I love Marin. Marin's amazing. I will say if we're going with the description of like it's a light pick me up or something, okay. maybe we go with a deck that's just fun to play occasionally and like everybody has fun when you grab it out. Like maybe it's like a Volo Guide to Monsters deck or something. You mm -hmm. know, when someone plays it, it does the thing. Okay. It's fun. I like it's not that. oppressive. Okay. And you play against it with someone you love and want to motivate. <laughs> okay, okay. Let not, me, Volo's non-GMO, obviously. Let me just combat it real quick. A light pick-me-up um, is you, after you sit down and someone starts comboing off with their Brago King Eternal deck, you lightly say, I thank you, I've had enough with this game, as you pick up your cards and leave. It is a light pick-me-up. Yeah, it's a light pick-me-up. I like, I like that one more. <laughs> I like that one more. Um, yeah, let's... Yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about uh, some tribal decks uh, and tri we had a few episodes where we talked about certain tribes that we play in commander or that people play in commander. Um, and one very popular tribe we never had an opportunity to talk to that we're going to talk a little bit on is dragons. It's the most popular tribe. So now yes. we've done wizard spirit shamans. And finally, we're going to end with dragons. Good old dragons. Yeah. Mike, what's your favorite dragon? Um, you know, Andy, I think you knew what my favorite dragon was before I knew what my favorite dragon it, was. I did. <laughs> yeah. And that's Kokusho, the evening star. Six mana, four black, black for a dragon spirit, five, five with flying. This is when it dies. Each opponent loses five life and you gain life equal to life loss this way. I don't give a crap that this thing's a dragon, but it is definitely my favorite dragon. Yeah. You know, when I was going through all the dragons, <clears throat> I got... I got pretty far and I was like, oh, Shimmer Dragon's great. Oh, oh yeah. But, but so then I, I realized, and it, it's pretty, it was pretty obvious that yeah. Niv Mizzet Reborn. It's gotta be. It, it has to be. Mm -hmm. I love, I love what it represents. It's five colors. It's Ravnica. It's yeah. cool. You know, a six, six. It is the guild pack. It right? is. Yeah. yeah. It's great. So I'm going with Niv Mizzet Reborn. It's a lot of fun. So dragon strategies are, you know, play dragons and swing. They're usually the biggest creatures on the board and the hardest to deal with. They, they, they definitely are. Um, so we had a bunch of topics that we didn't have the opportunity to get to over the past three and a half years. And uh, to all of you out there that do create your own content and have your own podcasts, uh, feel free to... Yeah, we've always had like a running list of things we want <laughs> yeah. to talk about. So one was like elevator pitches, right? We talk about commanders in like one minute. Yeah, one right? minute. What's your elevator what's pitch on what your deck does? Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, we had commander decks that you have to qualify when you sit down at the table. So ones that you're like, I need to actually have a rule zero conversation regardless on if anyone else wants to. Yeah. Like I need to tell you that this deck isn't what you think it is yeah. or, you know, uh, another was we were going to do a chat discussion with chat chat like gpt or ai chats yeah. and we were going to ask a bunch of questions and to write an essay i will say that when we did ask uh to tell us who the guardian project podcast is mm -hmm. it did get a little but i had to put mtg at the end because mm -hmm. otherwise it explained the software developing company mm -hmm. but when i added us it added a little bit but didn't know who we were yeah. but i didn't feel bad because i put in some other big like big shows yeah. and it did not really know a lot but i thought that's fun if you were to ask them to i did ask to uh explain what neambia steam speaker does oh, sure. and it said it follows the classic azoria strategy of graveyard reanimator and yeah. i was like you know what classic i'm not I don't hate that. <laughs> um, I had asked it to try to put an agenda together for us. And I remember it had a note on there that said, if you're drawing cards, you're doing not what people want to do <laughs> in Magic the Gathering. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, we wanted to talk about cards that are just fine, but were majorly overhyped during preview season. Um, I can't think of off the top of my head. Maybe Archivist of Ogma. Is that still doing work for people? Because we were kind of crazy about it when it first came out. Maybe. Uh, or maybe even like cards that are affected by turn order. I wanted to do that. Like, Ooh. I'm not going to play it to Fairy's Protection until it's the person who goes directly after me, right? Because then I get three full turns of the benefit of Teferi's Protection. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's other cards that there's an optimal turn to play it on. And it's like the, the table placement and the turns that you would play it on do truly matter. Not like turn one or turn two. It's like the actual seating yeah, at the table it does. effect. And I want to talk about the cards that yeah. I think are impacted by Because if you go right before me and I die first, 
and you Teferi's protection, then you're probably going to win. Yeah. So in the last three years, we we did a lot. We released 190 episodes. Mm -hmm. And Mike noted- We missed we, one week. One week. Ever. We only had one week where there was truly no episode release because we had- Probably an illness or travel. Or there was something that Most happened. of the time we still recorded even when we were sick. That's though. pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we went to a lot of events. We went to Command Fest Indy, Command Fest Chicago, and a bunch of uh, unofficial Command Fests we in did. there too. We did. We streamed. We guested on streams. We had lots of folks with us. There was a pandemic that happened. Our show. Survived we got to say, it. our show survived a pandemic. That yeah. was pretty great. We got our first sponsored review uh, for a product review of Beetle and Grimm's. Um, and we talked about cards uh, likely from the 51 sets and supplemental products that came out since our first show aired so like i went through and counted i'm pretty sure there were 51 it's a lot of sets like sets and supplement. that's just it's crazy so we wouldn't have wanted to do all this without everybody who's listening to us um i wasn't gonna cry um uh, <laughs> and we want to thank you for the last three and a half years this was a lot of fun thank you so much yeah um if you want to find me online <laughs> i'm on twitter at andy flory and i'll still be there and i'm on twitter at worm coil engine we're not going anywhere and while this isn't goodbye forever it is goodbye for now